Watching downfield, underthrown and intercepted. Keely Ringo has an escort down the sidelines. Heartbreak. All the way wow. to the end zone. Despair. Let down. Choke. These are words Atlanta sports fans are all too used to hear. Until now. No more negative expectations. No more playing the victim. No more fair weather freeloaders. No more. 38-yard field goal by Morton Anderson. The hold, the kick, it's on the way, it's up, and it's going! The Falcons are going to the yeah. Super Bowl! The Falcons are going to the Super Bowl! From the Mesmerized Studio in Woodstock, Georgia, Believe Entertainment proudly presents Believe in Atlanta Sports with your hosts, Robert Tate and the Commissioner, Mark Rich. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome to the three-ring circus that is Believe in Atlanta Sports. I'm Robert Taylor. This is my co-host, my PIC, my ride or die. We could go on forever, but the commissioner, Mark Rich. Always great to be here, Rob. It is always great to be here. And like we had our first episode, and and we want to thank everyone who tuned in and gave us feedback because we've got quite a bit. We got a lot of, uh, hey, you might be onto something here. Hey, you know, uh, Atlanta does deserve another choice. Uh, Atlanta does deserve better, like a hometown show kind of things like that. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We got, we've gotten in five days like 200 views on YouTube, which if you would have asked me how many people do you think will watch after five days, I would not have guessed even remotely close to that. So that's very cool. But we have some housekeeping. Um and we got to remember to slow down a little. At least I do. I was so excited. It's very exciting. So excited and amped just to get this thing off the ground and get it rolling. You would have thought I would, you know, I had been in the bathroom at a Studio 54 back in the day or something because I was just on and on, just jumping around in my seat. Geeked up. I was. So we got some questions after that first episode. Uh, people said, who's Braun? Well, Braun is the, the founder of the feast, so to speak, at Believe. He, he started the whole thing. He's the founder, the CEO, the big wig. And I'm going to call him out a little bit because they released uh, the odds for winning the World Series. And Braun's an L.A. guy, so he said, go Dodgers. So I'm going to challenge you, Braun. we got to get some sort of friendly bet going since we're Braves fans. You're Dodgers fans. Like, maybe you come on our show in some Braves gear or something, or maybe we go on a Dodgers show. We'll, we'll cross that bridge when we get to it, but I'm, I'm challenging now, and I'm calling you out. It's been done. So there you go, Bron. And we forgot to thank probably, I don't want to say the most important person, but he was a big piece to this thing happening, and that's Nick Kreider. We forgot about him last time, and I'll tell you why. Um, I did a podcast called Falcon's Flight previously with Believe, and it kind of uh, it kind of fizzled. It went by the wayside. That happens in life. And I really, I was having fun doing that. And I'm sitting around one day. I went back to school uh, at University of Michigan, Georgia fans. I know, I know, but it's a great school. It's for cybersecurity. So I'm sitting around one day just thinking like, man, I, I want to do podcasting still, the, the broadcasting media. It's, it's really fun. As the, uh, as the young kids say, uh, I was going to shoot my shot. So I emailed him. 
him and Braun. And I said, you know, uh, I don't, I'm not sure where we're at with Falcons fight. I don't know if, uh, the main host and the, and the producer wants to continue, but I would like to. And a little time went by and I was like, well, you know, it's, it's, I, I took a chance. Well, lo and behold, Nick says, Hey man, that sounds great. But what if we rebranded and you did three to five shows a week and it was all Atlanta sports. And I was like, wow. Okay. Sh- you bet. And I called Mark and that's kind of, you know, where we're coming from. So really thank you, Nick. Um, so much. Thanks, Nick. Yeah. And you know, but before that, because we were all over the place, uh, Mark and I had a podcast, uh, in the, in my basement of my old home called the state of sports. So that's kind of where we started when we, we, uh, got into this thing of, you know, I think we could probably, you know, do just as good a job as some of these local shows and, Let's throw our hat in the ring. So here we are. Also, it was just really fun. It is. Extremely fun. We, uh, we're, we, man, we have a pin this week. We have uh, some show notes. So we're, we're moving up in the world. We're going to have some good graphics for you. We're going to have some other cool things. So this is just the beginning. So please interact with us. Tell us what you like. We'll drop all the Twitter and, and the stuff uh, later. But let's get down to business. Just to clarify real quick, you mentioned the University of Michigan Rob knows where his football bread is buttered, just in case anybody <clears throat> was questioning that. I, I definitely do. I definitely do. Um, we've also made some connections. Um, we're going to have some guys on here. Uh, Will McFadden, believe Falcons. I believe he writes for the Falcoholic, if I'm not sure does. mistaken. We're going to get him in here. Um, and forgive me, Mark will probably know, but there's a Georgia podcast. It's Israel Troop. And I want to say his name is – Sorry. I think his name is Ben, but I'm sorry we don't have that information. But we've got connections, and we're, we're going to have those guys on. And another question I got was, what's up with uh, this guy here, our, our buddy E.T.? Well, E.T.'s your buddy. E.T.'s your friend. You know, he was there for Elliot in his time of need. But I made this in my grandmother's ceramics studio in her basement in Nashville, Tennessee, when I was four. So I just said, you know, I'm uh, trying to – trying to get our slice of the Atlanta sports talk pie. I could use a little luck from grandma because she, she left us a while back and he's just here. So, and he doesn't, he's harmless. Look at him. He doesn't look threatening in any way. Some people say he's creepy, but eventually he's going to be answering calls and screening calls for us. Yeah. And he's going to be out when we, when we start getting out and do remote stuff, he's coming with us, man. I'm going to have a little Braves hat. We'll get him a little, Mark can put some, some, uh, some kicks on him. Mark's a shoe guy, by the way. He loves the shoes. Not today. Don't 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 pan down. <laughs> yeah, T- today's a pre work show. I'm uh, and th- you know that's another thing too. Uh, we are doing this for free right now. We we hope to make a little scratch off of this later, but we're doing this for you, Atlanta, because we love you. We love our teams, and even if we never make, you know, a nickel from this, I'm still going to keep coming in as long as uh, Tim and Jared from Mesmerized Media uh, let us use their studios. They have left us here by ourselves, by the way. There's nobody in here. To our own devices. We have an, a, a production assistant out in the hallway, but they have shut us in this studio, so it could get weird. we got to fill up 45 minutes of, of time. <laughs> so, um, But let's get this thing rolling. Uh, I think our housekeeping is done. I don't think we have anything else to cover, but we got a big rock to kind of move out of the way. First and foremost, we want to tell you, this is an Atlanta sports show, but uh, Cam over at Believe, he kind of reaches out from time to time and says, hey, if there's a kind of a big kind of national story you want to touch on, you know, like, you know, NBA finals or, or 
hockey playoffs, you know, any kind of thing like that, something that's kind of generating buzz on social media. And there's been a big one lately. And everybody from Joe Rogan to Howard Stern to whoever has kind of thrown their hat in the ring and offered some their opinion, you know, some advice or whatever about the situation. And that's the whole Brittany Griner thing. And some people will say it's controversial. I, for one, don't think so. And, and we'll get into that. We're just going to kind of sound off and tell you what we think. Um, I think there is a false narrative that, that goes around that she's some sort of victim. And and love it, or, you know, like it or not, love it, hate it, whatever, she isn't. Uh, this is about accountability. It's not about what you think marijuana laws should or shouldn't be. It's about the law. And when you break the law, you have to be held accountable. And not only did she break the law, Mark, she went into a hostile nation. Mother Russia. Yes, home of Ivan Drago, and, and amongst others, and vodka. Yeah, vodka. Uh, there's, I mean, what the potato and wheat. I think you can use both to make vodka. So, and she took illegal drugs. Now, uh, again, it's not about whether what you think about how that's fair or not fair. Life isn't fair. She willingly chose to do that in that country, and she's got to pay the price. I don't agree with with Russia, but it's Russia. It's their country. It's no different than if I go to Colorado here. It's perfectly legal. But if I can bring it all back to Georgia and I get caught, I'm caught. It's no it's no different. Like it's no secret that I'm a, a concealed carry guy. And make no make no mistake about it. We are we're not we don't want anybody to be stuck in a Russian prison. Nobody, not at all. But it's it, it's not what it's being made out to be. It sucks that it's happening. It's happening for a reason, and she caused that reason. Yeah, and it's it's not about gender. It's not about sexual orientation. It's not about race. It's not about any of that. Um, she did that. And, you know, if it were anybody else, if it were me, I wouldn't be coming home. I mean, and it's – that's it, I, I just – I'm really tired of people making things into something that it's not because – this is one of those things. She didn't have to go there to play basketball. She's not living, you know, hand to mouth. She makes a pretty darn good salary, and we'll cover this in a minute, in the WNBA. I don't know what her wife does. Uh, she, maybe she doesn't work. But if she does, that brings in more money. She chose to go to Russia to play basketball. She could have used her celebrity and her connections anywhere in the United States to do other work in the offseason. She didn't. She chose to go to Russia. She made a mistake. She's got to pay for it. Mark has something on that as well, and he'll tell you. I'll let him share that with you. But if, if you're going to bring her home, you better open the gates and let everybody else out that's, you know, in, in, in for a marijuana-related offense. Another thing that she did, and this is a fact, is she said she willfully signed paperwork, documentation, whatever, in Russia, which, again, to remind you, not to beat a dead horse, it's a hostile country. She didn't know what was in them. Would you ever, if I said right now, hey, Mark, sign this, are you going to be like, what is it? Absolutely you not. <laughs> yeah, nope. you know. Nope. And I didn't know this. I knew what they were trying to do, that, that Russia had a, a guy, he, uh, he was considered a war criminal, that they wanted to make a trade for. But tell them, I, tell them who it was. So the arms dealer that they're – discussing the trade for is Victor Bout, who's nicknamed the Merchant of Death. And I'm not 100% on this, but I am fairly certain that that is the guy 
who Nicolas Cage's character in Lord of War is based on. So, I, man, again, I don't want anybody, anybody to be stuck in a Russian prison right now. But if we're talking about trading somebody who willfully brought marijuana into Russia, who did something wrong for the merchant of death, I think we got our priorities a little bit backwards. And, you know... um, I was gonna, I was gonna, I was gonna do some kind of funny little skit involving that, but we don't need to. I think you kind of get it. It's, it's just there are a lot of people out there saying she shouldn't be treated this way and this and that, and it's just not, it's not true. You're making it up and you're making this into something that it isn't. And people also said it was about income inequality, and that's BS too, because she's not underpaid, and I'll, I'll tell you why she's not underpaid is because they don't have the money to pay her. Everybody's like, well, LeBron James makes $10 million in this and $20 million in that. Well, LeBron James is LeBron James, first of all. He's got his fingers in a lot of pies, but he also plays in the National Basketball Association. The highest valued NBA franchise, if, my, if the interwebs tell me the truth, is the New York Knicks at about $5.8 billion. Ooh, that is a lot of money. Even if you're a billionaire, that's a lot of money the highest valued WNBA franchise. And if you guys out there want to do your homework and prove us wrong and drop something in the comments or, or send us an email or a tweet, by all means. But if, if, again, if the internet is telling the truth, which a lot of times it doesn't, but pretty sure this is a valid source, $44 million. That's a huge difference. The NBA also subsidizes the WNBA because the WNBA loses money each season because they're, right now, they're not putting out a good product. It's an inferior product. They play to empty arenas. I don't know what they're selling in merchandising, but probably not a lot, not in the stadium. Nobody's buying beers and food and tickets and, and all the things that go along with running a successful business. It's not a successful venture right now. And I'm not saying women athletes aren't good. I loved watching women's basketball. I don't watch it a lot now, but... When Pat Summit was running the Lady Vols, that was some exciting basketball. From Connecticut. UConn, let's not forget. women. So, you know, I'd I'd love to hear what Pat Summit has to say, would have to say about the Griner thing and and the whole WNBA as a whole, but it's just It's just a weird thing. It's a weird thing to get off on, like the comparison. Well, if that was LeBron, he'd already be home. Like, I, I just don't understand why we would compare it's like we always have to find something to talk about no matter what the no matter what it is you got to find something to talk about and it, we have nothing against the WNBA but when you get into the conversation about it I, I just it, it's literally there in black and white the the NBA pays for it mm-hmm. that, that's all there is to it like I if you think it's ah, man I'm sorry I don't even I don't even yeah. know what to say. It just—it's like a—it's a—it's a dumb conversation. Do I wish we lived in a world where everybody could get paid the same and everybody could make millions and millions of dollars? Yeah, yeah sure, that'd be great. But yeah, I, it's just not—it's not what it is. You, <laughs> the NBA is such a far superior product, and it's on the upswing, and it's literally paying for everything. So to knock the the, the NBA to say you're not getting paid enough while they're essentially paying you, I—I I don't. Yeah, so my pay grade. uh, But now this is another topic for another show. Uh, Sports team owners spend like drunken sailors. There's bench warmers in the NBA making 
twelve million a season. They never see sure. the court, but you get it, guys. And 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 look, if that if that doesn't sit well with you, then that's your opinion. You're entitled to have an opinion. Uh, but uh, these are just facts. This is what has happened, and this is what is happening. And that's kind of we just wanted to bring it to the surface and say, look, this is what it is. Stop making it something it's not because the, the facts are there. Can't really refute it. So that's out of the way. We talked about it. Everybody knows how we feel. Let's move on to probably the next biggest topic, but it comes back home to Atlanta, and that's our Atlanta Braves. They went up to Flushing, and, boy, they uh, came home with their asses. Yeah, came home with their asses in a sling. But this is where I come out and get on my soapbox and where we try to change that loser's mentality, that narrative. There was a guy, I don't know his name, he came out on Twitter and said, well, we might as well just settle for the wild card because we can't beat the Mets. And that's what I'm talking about, Atlanta. If you're one of those people, get out, leave, get off the wagon. We don't want you, loser, because nobody in that Braves clubhouse thinks that way. If there's anybody on that team that thinks that way, they ain't saying it out loud. But Strider sure doesn't. Ooh, yeah. I mean, he said, hey, you know what? We got roughed up. We'll see you in October. We'll yep. see you. Because let's not forget, we still have the rest of August. We still have the rest of September. And we play the Mets seven more times. A lot can happen. The Mets could still met. Will they? I don't think so. Because they're a very good team this year. But this this whole thing of, well, let's just shoot for the wild card. Nobody in the Braves organization is saying that. And by the way... For this, for you Atlanta fans out there who are having this, you know, oh, well, we just choked it out, typical Braves, whatever. Atlanta just became the last team in all of Major League Baseball, not just the National League, all of baseball, to lose three games in a row. Every other team in all of baseball, the mighty Dodgers, the mighty Yankees, everyone had lost three games at one clip or another during, during the season. Braves hadn't until we went to New York. But that's why you play the game as well. It's part of the excitement. Man, I would love nothing more than – because how awesome would it be to it to come down to the wire? Those last three – the last three games of the season, I believe, are here in Atlanta against the Mets. I've been talking about it with a lot of people. That would be be insane. Those those tickets are already sold out, clearly. But, like – I would love to go to that series regardless of it, if it came down to that. But if it does, it's going to be a packed house and a madhouse all at the same time. And this is a this is a cheap pop because every sports broadcaster uses it, but it's true. Electric. Oh, the atmosphere. Yeah. You, you could just feel the static in the air. You know, it's October baseball. It's down to this. Who's going to – this last three games, who's going to win the division? So there's so much to look forward to. And the Braves are not out of it. I think, well, you know, got six and a half, seven and a half, something like that, running in that neighborhood. I didn't, I didn't get an exact figure before I came in, but six and a half, I believe, is accurate. That's just what I'm saying, you know. And a couple of things happened up there that it's not an excuse. It did happen. The Mets got a pretty favorable strike zone in some of those games. It was it was well documented and well discussed. Some, you know, some people will say like, well, you know, you, you adapt and adjust. You have to overcome that. But it does affect the game. It's hard to overcome, but that shit happens. Mm-hmm. It you does. Know? So, you know, keep your heads up. 
support the team. I know there's some people out there that have already put their Braves gear away. They're done. They already said, oh, well, you know, typical old, old Braves, but that's the kind of stuff we're, we're trying to avoid. I'm still all in because guess what? You know what would be even sweeter? If we let the Mets win the East, then let's just go on a wild card run and stick a dagger in their heart and say, we don't need the East to win at all. We don't need the East to advance. That'd be even that'd be even more Met like. It's it's nice to have it, but it's not necessary. Yeah, because hey, let's not forget the Florida Marlins have two titles, and they were the wild card. Because at the end of the day, and this is another thing Atlanta fans don't think about either. As soon as the season's over, your record is zero and zero. Everything you did all season leading up to this, it's gone. That was the regular season. This is the postseason. Now. They've got DeGrom. He's an old old vet. I think he's 34. Scherzer has loads of playoff experience. they got Buck Showalter as their manager. Great, great baseball guy, great manager. He's part of the reason the Mets have probably turned it around. So, hey, this is, but this is, this is the competitive spirit. This is why you play the game. This is why you watch to see two teams battle it out and go high, you know, highs and lows, ups and downs and, so just remember, Braves fans, there's a lot to – still got a lot to live for. This team's got a lot of fight left in it. And who knows what's going to happen, man? Who knows who's going to be the hero of the end of the season and, and break out? You know, it's Acuna got held back, uh, I think, in one of those games. I don't know if it was the last one, but one of those last games, kind of stiff in his soreness. He's been a little banged up. People think maybe he's still a little timid with the knee. But Odorizzi had a pretty decent, you know, debut, but he lost – he could turn his game on. Charlie Morton's starting to heat up. Soroka, I don't know if he'll make it back, but he is throwing some simulated games, and, and he's on the comeback. Man, it would be the – Fingers crossed. It'd be the fairy tale if he was able to make that extended roster and kind of come, maybe do some bullpen work or something. But, but going into next season, think about next season. If he's able – because some guys, and, and I know he's a he's a competitor and he's an athlete, but some guys, you know, when you're out that long and you have those setbacks and those injuries, sometimes you, you lose that that edge, that mental edge and things, and it's it's hard to fight back and come back. Chris Medlin did it a, a couple of times with Tommy John, but think about next season, Soroka, Freed, Cal Wright. And they, it's scary. Yeah, and they say that DeGrom is a guy – who is going to test the free agency waters, and he may, you know, the Braves are a front runner now. He's from Dalen, Florida, and and he was at some games while he was hurt. He was spotted, and he watched the Braves growing up. And again, it's another one of those jackass remarks. Some guy on Twitter was like, "When is it? When is my childhood team ever come up when signing with a team?" And I was like, "Are you kidding me? How many times it's happened a lot when you hear a player go." Oh man, it's, it was always my dream to be insert blank. Yeah, you can you don't you don't say those things early on because you don't really have a choice in the matter. But it, uh, it, it I'm sure it plays a factor. Like if it's a possibility, of course you're going to steer that direction. I I don't know. Uh, again, people just like to talk to hear their own voices. Yeah, and I just couldn't believe that. I was like, yeah, I, I'm telling you, if the Braves have the money, and I got another fun little stat for you, a little fun fact. Uh, if the Braves have the money and he's serious about testing the waters, yeah, he could be like, you know what? I don't know if he lives still near Dayland or has a home there or, or family or whatever, but if he does, it's like, hey, you know, I could play for the Marlins, but who wants to play for the Marlins? Nah. I could play for the Rays, but who wants to play for the – no. Braves are right up the road, close to home. They got a championship-caliber team. 
They got a great coach. It's a class organization. What do you got for me? Now, here's another thing. And the Mets don't have them. Yeah. Well, some guy also fired back with Steve Cohen paid uh, $60 million for a stick figure. So the Mets are going to have money to throw at him, but maybe he does, Maybe he's not happy there. Maybe he is ready to move out and, and you know, play for another team or, or who knows, you know, you know, maybe, maybe DeGrom is a kind of guy that, you know, if uh, they dump the Brinks truck on him, he goes, well, I'll stay in New York. So sure. Money but don't talks. act, but don't act like that's not a thing and it couldn't happen. There are tons of MLB guys who, if given the opportunity, and the contract is right, and, and the and everything is right to play for the team they watched growing up, and like they dreamed, like when they're in the backyard, you know, playing for the Braves or the Yankees or whoever. Of course, that's something you think about because it's a dream come true. Yeah, when I was ten, I would I would pretend I was Dale Murphy or, or whoever. Yep. So anyway, but the next fun fact is from May, sorry, April through June, Liberty Media put out a report of, of revenue. Did you see that? Yes. Well, it was pretty awesome because guess what? It was to the tune of $260 million. So if you don't think the Braves are going to have some money to spend, think again. And if you don't think they stopped being just a line item for, <laughs> oof, man. I, You know, I'm not in the boardroom or everything, but uh, but all signs would point to the fact that Alex Anthopoulos and everybody's kind of talked to him and said, hey, give us something we can – you give us the ability to put out a good product, and the fans here in Atlanta will spend the money. Well, it's clearly um, clearly a good investment with yeah, that so, model last year. But that's the thing, too, is, is what I want to remind people, and, and our kind of mission here is to change that narrative, is that when, when there is that downswing, keep coming in. Keep spending money. So, you know, it would seem that they've, you know – finally, you know, come around to the fact that if you put a good product out there, that the, the Atlanta fans will be supportive and, and you know, spend money, a, a lot of money at the ballpark. But that's the thing that we're trying to do, too, is, hey, you know, when you go on those downswings, keep going, keep supporting the team. Just don't pack it all up and stop going to the stadium. Like, like I said last episode, it's still fun to go down to the park and, you know, uh, it, it's cyclical. It all goes up and down. But if you still have the support and everything and, you know, it, it turns around pretty quickly a lot of times. But that's another question we'll ask. And we uh, we got about, like, 15 minutes left, so we do have some other stuff to cover. Like, I've always asked this question of you. Do you think the fan sentiment in Atlanta and kind of how we're perceived to the outside world keeps – and it, is it even a factor, but does it keep some talent from coming here? Because they know that they can, you know, be kind of fair weather and kind of moody and, you know – one week they love you, and the next week they're ready to run you out of town on a rail. And then, you know, one season you do great, and the place is packed. And the next season you kind of stumble a little bit, and they go elsewhere. I, they've said it so much that you kind of feel like that's a thing, but I I just don't know. Like, I I don't feel like – I feel like a person looking for somewhere to go in the offseason isn't going, well, if they, they're not very good – less fans are going to come there. They, they see the players, hopefully, and they see the opportunity to win, and hopefully that outweighs anything. So I, I think the fans have a huge impact on it, but I don't know that it's a, a, a huge deciding factor. But then again, I, I have no idea. Hopefully we'll get to interview some people that have a actual perspective on that. Yeah, we're, uh, we're working on uh, working, the, working the lines, trying to get some guests and uh, 
you know, it's a lot easier to get them as you kind of build your, your numbers up and, and make connections. But we, we joined a, a business group here in Woodstock that we're going to uh, be interacting with, and that's going to be great. And, and, you know, now, Mark, you're going to be a little conflicted because coming up, the Sox are coming in all the way from Baston, and they're playing the Braves for two games. But, you know, uh, I think I think there's a line in the sand now because you're you're the host of a blossoming Atlanta sports talk show, but you got roots back there in Boston, you know, like it, it may be time to to kind of write that letter. You don't have to break up with them, but you may have to be like, uh, you know, Boston. It's a win-win situation for me. <laughs> I've said it a million times. I'm going to stick with it. It's a win-win situation for me. I I don't like to see either team lose. If the Red Sox win, that's great. It makes me feel good inside, but at the same time, I still want the Braves to catch up to the Mets, and I want I, I want I want good things for both teams. So it's it really is a win win for me. I I also kind of hate it because I don't know who to root for. It. I just watch the game. So you're going to be Switzerland on this one. You're not, yeah yeah you know, yeah full full blown Switzerland. <laughs> make you, I'm going to make you pick a I, side eventually. Well, all when I know the Braves is and the Sox play. You're going to get your which way are you going? You gun, can't, gun to my head. I have to go Sox. Straddle the fence. Gun to my head. I go Sox every time, but. But I think they have to give out free coffee tonight because Rich Hill versus Charlie Morton, I think the average age is 40 years old in this pitching battle. Is Charlie that old? I think so, man. Uh, I think Rich is that old. Yeah, I think, I think, I think Charlie's that. like 36, 37. Uh-oh. He's pushing 40, but hey. He's seemed, you know, like I said, I, it seems like he's heating up. I've, I've you know, uh, reading the reading the sports pages. Looks like Charlie's uh, kind of finding a, a stride here late in the season, but fingers crossed because his post game interviews are like are gut wrenching. It's just like a defeated man who's given up on everything, lost <laughs> everything. His dog just ran away. Like it's it's tough to watch after he loses, but yeah, hopefully he's figured it out. But some guys too, just you know, like Greg Maddox. He was just kind of, even if he won or lost, he was always just kind of the same guy. But you like, knew, well, like, I went out there. Greg Maddox was a and, psychopath. Like he, you just saw what was going on behind those dead eyes that he was talking to you with. I, I don't see the same thing in Charlie, but I definitely see just like a very, very upset man after some of those games. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I think we'll we'll move on from Atlanta because man, I could talk about the Atlanta Braves all day that I think probably uh, I hate playing favorites, but of all the Atlanta sports teams, like baseball for me is, is it, I think I love the Braves the most and love talking about the Braves the most. Not that I don't have love. I, you know, I kind of have a kind of have an abusive relationship with the Falcons kind of love, hate. Well, that's this is literally why we work so well is because yeah. I'm, I'm Switzerland when it comes to the Braves. I love them, but just like today, guess what? I root for the Red Sox today, so that is what it is. But we we meet in the middle ground on Georgia because that's always going to be our heart. But I'm a huge Falcons and Hawks fan. Yeah, man, I love going to the the Hawks games. But so speaking of Falcons, we'll move into that. And you being a huge fan, may I think we're going to be able to make some things happen this year. But Mark is has been for how many years now? Five, six, seven seasons. I don't know. He's one of the, uh, it's a huge tailgate over by the Coca Cola uh, mural. 
and they're called the Bird Gang. And they have these amazing wings that he won't come off the recipe. Nope. And apparently the guy that makes them isn't isn't in on the season this year. Oh no, he is. Oh, he is. I thought oh. you told me he wasn't. Well, no, one hundred percent, he is. So I'm gonna I'm gonna hire a couple of guys to come down there and, and put the screws to him, and either that or just come down and eat them. But yeah, we're gonna try to get some believe in Atlanta sports action down at that tailgate. But you know, you, and if you, if you're wondering, there's a a million bird gangs um, all over Facebook and in wherever bird gangs in in Philadelphia for God's sakes. But um, it's the ATL. Bird Gang Tailgate Squad, if I'm not mistaken, on Facebook. If you want to follow us and find out what we're doing, feel free to stop by. Everybody's welcome. I'm telling you, when I say these wings are serious business, I'm not kidding. Like, they are amazing. I saw your post today, too, that Chick-fil-A is getting into the wing game. Man. It could be huge. I I don't even know how to feel about that. They're either going to be really good or they're not going to be all that great. Or they're going to be like their chicken nuggets with bones in it. Yeah. Well, we'll have to see. And lemon pepper seasoning. You know, they do the whole pickle juice better. thing when they when they brine their uh, sandwiches. So uh, I think some brined uh, wings and pickle juice and fried them up. Man, I feel like there's no way it's going to be bad. I just yeah. still don't know how I'm actually going to feel about it. Well, we will see. It's coming. I think they're only testing them in Nashville right now, which is kind of weird because Atlanta's the home of Chick-fil-A. Like, why don't we get first crack at the wings? That, like, why that, Nashville? That picture I posted on Facebook was literally lemon pepper chick-fil-a wings and you're testing that in nashville and that kind of pissed me off yeah they've got hot chicken give us the chick-fil-a wings for crying out loud on. so we'll let you uh we're gonna dive into some falcons preseason now why don't you uh take that and run with it man we get our, our first preseason game this friday at six versus the lions up in ford field i i Man, there's just so much going on I, i've listened to sports talk i read and i i just i watch Instagram videos. I, I see everything that's going on with the Falcons, and I'm just uh, – I'm at this weird place, and I think it's because the Braves won the World Series and Georgia won the national championship, and I just see everything through rose-colored glasses right now. So it's not bothering me in in the least that the Falcons are rebuilding or we're in this position where we're trying to make everything work until all that dead cap money comes back to us next year. But there's so much going on. I, I, and people have mentioned this um, on the radio, but like we are the most, one of the most interesting teams in the offseason because there's so many unknowns. There's so many position battles. There's so many question marks. We added so many new pieces. All the rookies, people are wondering why we drafted the way that we drafted, like everything that we have going on is interesting, especially for Atlanta fans. Atlanta fans, if you're not excited about the preseason, I don't even know what to tell you because, like, you have to see everybody for the first time. Like, you got guys like Richie Grant is one of the guys I'm most excited to see because I was really excited when we drafted him, and apparently it took him a moment to grasp Dean Pease's defense, which apparently isn't that easy of a thing to do. Um, But he's a guy... Lots of talent, hard hitter. I can't, I can't wait to see where he's gotten to in his year and a off season of play. I, man, our quarterback battle. We get to see, we get to see Mariota, who, you know, if he can resurrect his career here, that's great. That's that's one less thing we have to worry about fixing. That's a guy that 
that Ritter can learn under. And hopefully Ritter will be our next guy. We get to see him in the preseason. We get to see, uh, I, I don't know how much we're going to see of Cordero Patterson or uh, Grady, like known products that we have. We might not see a whole lot of all those guys, but we have potentially a pass rush. Lorenzo Carter, uh, Cardle, Carter from Georgia. Very excited to see him. Obviously, I, anybody from Georgia on our team, and we'll talk about potentially Roquan Smith coming to Atlanta later. Um, he wants out in Chicago. But that being said, I I want to I, I want to see a pass rush. Uh, the three game preseason now. Hopefully, you're going to see a lot more uh, starters in the game early. Get some actual competition rather than guys com- just competing for their job. But I think so many people are competing for their job in Atlanta that you're going to see everybody, literally everybody. Man, and and when you talk Falcons pass rush over the last like millennium, you get it's kind of like Falcons pass rush. Because it's been <laughs> John Abraham, literally was the last time. Patrick Kearney and John Abraham. Um, I would like to see Mariota kind of have one of those Cordero Patterson like uh, revivals here in Atlanta. And Mariota's good. He's a good quarterback. He's got an arm. Somebody's got to help him with his wardrobe. I mean, when he signed with his contract, it looked like he went into some dad's closet. I mean, he was like the. The 1987 turtleneck and like some cable knit like weird professor sweater, but let that man be. But resurrect your career where anything you want, my friend, anything at all. I'm not sold on Ritter either. I don't know. Well, no, but you can't be sold on him. Some people are. Some people he 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 said I'm going to win a Super Bowl in Atlanta, and they're like, huh, he's the second coming, Matt who. Right. And, you know, like, that's ridiculous. But they're the same people that hated Matt, and then we draft Ritter, and they tell us his 40-time doesn't matter. Hate Matt because he's not mobile. Who cares about this guy's 40-time? Can you play quarterback? What do you want? (laughs) But, again, I hate to see Matt go. I really do. But it's now put us in a position to move forward. We're building from here on out. So, like, I'll never forget Matt. I I love Matt as a Falcon but he's gone now, and now we just we have this like ball of clay. Yeah, and you can't live in the past. You know, you just gotta gotta kind of move forward. And we're getting our sign here, so we're gonna have to move on and wrap up. But you know, uh, it's it's a new playbook. It's the second year in the playbook. But anytime you roll out a new playbook and a new administration, it, it takes some adjustment. And, and Arthur Smith's got to get his pieces in place. It just makes me wonder: Was Matt Ryan ever really a part of the plan? Or was he just shining us on, which sometimes you have to do that. Well, that'll lead us into the whole Deshaun Watson thing and all that stuff when we when we give you that that Falcons episode. Well, we're gonna talk about and you gotta tune in to further episodes because I have a really interesting person to talk about and maybe we can get them on. And if you want to deep dive more and get more Falcons, tune in to Will McFadden's, you know, Believe Falcons. But I'm going to tell you, and we're going to do a show, a piece about the most important person in the organization, not named Arthur or Terry. And this person, when you talk about dead cap space, they do a lot. And if this team wins a championship or gets back you know, to the NFC, whatever, they're going to have a big role in it. They're going to be a person you want to you know, say, hey, thank you. And... I don't think the, the a lot of USA Today, some other people are, are predicting the Falcons to go two and fifteen. I don't think they're gonna be that bad. It's just a big question mark. 
we don't know what's going to happen. We don't have enough time for this, but I, there's three scenarios, three scenarios that I see playing out for the Falcons. And we'll get into all that on our Falcons episode, but there's three scenarios and I'm going to be okay with either one of them that happens. So uh, we are winding down. Uh, I said before we uh, started recording today that 45 minutes is a lot of time to fill up, but boy, did we ever. Um, So, Hawks, we got to talk about this one little Hawks thing uh, because it was pretty funny. Uh, DeJounte Murray just clowning on Paolo, uh, and you were saying how we're going to have the most hated backcourt and it's going to be excited and exciting to watch the guys this year. And I, I believe we do have ownership that's committed to getting the, the Hawks further uh, uh, up the playoff ladder because people don't realize the Hawks made the playoffs for a decade straight yeah, Tony and Jamie are all about it. That's 100 100% sure. Like they're they're at all the games. It's 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 fun. It's different. Like the Atlanta Spirit group, the the stink is gone. Like it, it it's it's a lot. But that the whole DeJounte Murray, Paolo Banchero thing is crazy because I, if you watch the clip online, he he essentially ball fakes the hell out of him gets him off his feet, then throws it off the backboard and just yams on him in uh, a pro-am out in Seattle, if I'm not mistaken. Um, but apparently they had known each other beforehand and they went shot back and forth on Instagram. And I I don't know. I, I read something on Facebook. Some guy commented in, in one of these Hawks fan groups and he said, um, I hope that Deontay Murray uh, isn't some loose cannon that was just under wraps for the Spurs. And I'm I'm just sitting over here thinking, <laughs> I hope he's a loose cannon that was under wraps for the Spurs. Like I, I want to win. I don't care if anybody likes us. I want to win really bad. And they look like they're gonna be entertaining. The highlight factory seems like it's gonna be back in full effect. I I cannot wait. Hey man, I'm all I, hey, we can be the bad boys like the Pistons. I don't care. Please. Let's let's be that. They you know? won. We, we got kind of the tough guy image down here in Atlanta anyway, but I, I, you said Atlanta spirit. I'm going to tease you with something. I'm going to throw a little nugget out there at you because we went to this, like we said, we went to this networking event just trying to get our name out there and meet people and, and work up guests and just get buzz building around what we believe is, see what I did there? Believe. Uh, is going to be, we think we can make this pretty good. We think, we think people are going to tune in. We think Atlanta is going to respond uh, to this show. We met a guy. He was, uh, he worked there. And he was getting us some coffee, and he was from Buffalo. And we started talking about hockey, and, and he said, I can't say much, but I uh, I, I know some people uh, in the hockey world, and I and I have some connections, some friends. And he, he looked us dead in the eye, and he said, don't – I'm just saying, I'm not saying for sure, don't, don't rush out to, uh, to, you know, Twitter or anything, but he said – don't be surprised if another NHL franchise finds its way to Atlanta. And boy, howdy, I was so happy because I like hockey and wouldn't. I didn't think it would it could happen because we've already had two failed franchises. But he said it. He said he couldn't say much. It's kind of very cryptic, but something to keep your ear to the ground for and, and kind of scour the the back pages of the. You feel internet. like it's been like a proper amount of time for. Uh, another go at it because I, I do for like yeah. for a while like i i just thought there's no way thrashers just have been no. going a hot minute and yeah it, but, it wasn't the organization it was the ownership group that was a complete mess that couldn't get on the same page so it the, wasn't like the team was garbage or the city didn't support it 
there's a whole different vibe in Atlanta now, though. It's, there's a whole youth movement for, I mean, not everybody on the Falcons is young per se, but it's a lot of new faces. But it, the vibe is just totally different now. It's not. It's not stale. It's not old. It's it's yeah. lit. It's, things it's are, lit in Atlanta. <laughs> things things are changing in the city, and, and there is a different vibe around our teams. And then we're going to keep talking about that. But we are slap out of time. We've probably gone over. But thank you for tuning in. Thank you so Just much. Just don't forget, you can find us on multiple platforms: Spotify, Google, Apple, Stitcher, iHeartRadio. We're on YouTube, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Hit the like. Hit the subscribe. Interact with us. Tell us this show is for you. We want to do this for you. We want to know what you want to hear, what you want to see. You can find us at BelieveATL66 on Twitter, BelieveATL66 at gmail.com. Let us hear you. But for now, we got to go. But we'll see you next time, Atlanta. We are out. Do you believe? Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM.